WNBA draft was on Monday, and an Indiana Hoosier, Allie Patberg, was selected in the third round, making history once again for this program. We're going to recap the WNBA draft. Alexa Goulbay, also an undrafted signing for the Connecticut Sun. Recap everything that happened for the Hoosiers there before diving into another individual season recap in today's episode. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys? It is Tuesday, April 12th. This is Locked On Hoosiers, your daily one-stop shop for everything IU athletics, whether it's News, analysis, previews, recaps, we have you guys set each and every day. I'm your host as always, Jacob Rude. want to thank you guys for making Locked on Hoosiers part of your day, specifically your first listen every single day. Just a reminder, we are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, premiere episodes there at 7 a.m. every day. As I keep saying really growing really rapidly over at YouTube. So make sure you guys go join over there. For those of you that do watch on YouTube, your quick little aside, we have a new camera. I actually have it. I just cannot get it plugged in with my microphone yet, but we will have that and new lighting. Hopefully get rid of this glare uh, right there (laughs) and uh, for tomorrow's episode. So be sure you guys go subscribe. It'll start looking like a lot more Uh, like we're in 2022 and not 1992 with this uh, low HD version of the podcast. So excited about all that. Make sure you guys go subscribe to the podcast over at YouTube. As I said, WNBA draft took place on Monday night. They waited. They saved it to the very end, but the Indiana Fever select Allie Patberg. Super, super exciting. We'll dive into all the details on that in a moment. As always, you can subscribe to the Locked on Hoosiers podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast at. Also, follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Hoosiers. As I said, Monday night, the WNBA draft uh, took place on ESPN. Um, If you are a fan uh, or if you're not a fan of how long they take in between picks in the NBA, the NFL draft, you'd all love the WNBA draft because they were firing those puppies off real quick and were not waiting at all for uh, anybody with TV. They weren't even really announcing the picks in the second and third rounds. Those bad boys, as soon as they got in, they were put up on the screen, which meant we zoomed right through those last two rounds and got to the end of the third round. WNBA draft is three rounds when... With the third to last pick, the Indiana Fever keep Allie Patberg at home and select her 34th overall, the 10th pick in the third round. Or in, Yes, in the third round. Super, super exciting because she becomes the first IU women basketball draft pick since 2011. The Only the fourth Hoosier to be drafted ever. And... Well, well deserved. It's going to be a really, really interesting situation she's going into, though. As awesome as it is that the Fever have drafted kind of the hometown hero, the hometown star, um, 
they are a super bizarre team for those that don't follow the WNBA. Admittedly, I don't. I asked around Sabrina Merchant, who was on the show before the IU-UConn game. Uh, I talked to her just to get a sense of what the odds of Allie making the team are. The Fever were really bad last season. <laughs> That's why they ended up uh, – they traded away a bunch of players. I believe they only won six games last year and had seven draft picks. There were only 36 picks overall, and they had seven of them. Uh, so Patberg was the final of those seven. But on top of that, they have a full roster of 15 players along with seven draft picks. There are 22 players that will be heading into training camp, I guess. I, I assume there's moves to be made. The season starts in about three weeks, uh, beginning of May. Things will kick off. But I, from, from what Sabrina said, from what I gathered, third-round picks don't typically make the team. It's pretty rare. Uh, but whatever situation the Fever have right now is a really odd one. So I'm not sure if it helps or hurts her. If they kind of just cut bait with everyone and – go with the draft picks they have, she would make it. Uh, this is still going to be a bad team, so there could be some logic of if we're going to be bad, if we're going to tank, why not have kind of a a hometown player on the roster that's going to draw some people? Look, if Allie Patrick's on the team, I'm going to go to the home opener against the Los Angeles Sparks. I don't really care if she plays or not. It's just going to be cool to see her there, so – Super awesome to see her drafted. We're absolutely going to keep you updated on uh, her time in training camp and, and whether she can make the roster or not. While she was the only draft pick, she was not the only person that joined the uh, WNBA team on Monday. Alexa Goulbay uh, signed as an undrafted free agent to the Connecticut Sun. Um, Connecticut only had three draft picks, like a normal franchise, though they did draft Michigan State's Nia Cloudon, number 12 overall. Again, if third-run picks are long shots to make the draft, I'm sure you can figure out that undrafted players are a bit more of a long shot. Uh, it's a different situation than the fever, but um, it's going to be an uphill climb, and we'll see uh, what what the future kind of holds for uh, Ghoul Bay. But it's awesome to see these girls just making it to the WNBA. It's kind of a, another step forward for this program. We've talked about how many milestones and kind of records they've set and they've moved the program forward. Now consistently putting people in the WNBA is a, is a step forward and seeing these two very, very much deserve to be there. Um, it was really awesome on Monday night to just kind of celebrate them one more time. A couple other notable draft picks. Ryan Howard went number one overall to the Atlanta Dream. Uh, Kentucky's Ryan Howard, who the Hoosiers faced. Uh, Admittedly, she kept Kentucky in that game against IU, but IU blew them out. And then she talked a bit of a big game in the NCAA tournament. And then IU played Princeton in the second round and not Kentucky. I just want to remind people that Kentucky lost in the first round there. Uh, not a ton of Big Ten players selected. Uh, Northwestern's Veronica Burton, number seven overall to, to the Dallas Wings. She was the top Big Ten player. We mentioned Nia Cloudon went 12 overall. And then Nas Hillman from Michigan went number 15 to the Dream. And that is it for the Big Ten. 
Admittedly, a lot of the best players weren't draft eligible. Your Caitlin Clarks, your Sinanos, your Burgers, your McKenzie Holmes, um, Angel Reese, if she stays in the Big Ten. Um, players like that weren't draft eligible. So um, they would all, they're all presumably going to be draft picks eventually. So uh, not a ton of players even eligible to be drafted in the, um, in this year's draft, but still exciting to see. It's going to be an all women's basketball podcast today because now we are going to talk about Chloe Moore McNeil, who had one of the more fun uh, and um, I don't know, interesting. It doesn't feel like the right words, but a a season where um, she started off kind of on the outside looking in and then became a really important uh, role player for this women's basketball team. We're going to recap her season see how she was able to make the, make these big strides to go from not really playing against the big teams early in the season to being a, a key part in their Big Ten tournament run, for example. See how she made those strides here in just a moment. First, though, Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs. The playing games start this week and the start of Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day, guys. Now for a big announcement. Starting Thursday, April 28th, tune into Locked on NFL Draft's live coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft with all three days of real-time analysis from our extensive lineup of experts and insiders. And for those of you dying to know who your team will take, catch Odyssey and Locked on NFL Locked On's NFL Mock Draft, special hosted by Brian Peacock and former scout Matt Williamson of the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show all week leading up to the first pick. You can find the Locked On NFL Draft live on the Locked On NFL Draft YouTube page. You can find the Odyssey NFL Mock Draft on the Odyssey and Locked On NFL Draft podcast feeds. They'll start on the 28th at 7, the 29th at 6.30, and the 30th at 1130, all those times are Eastern. The Odyssey NFL mock draft will run from the 18th through the 22nd and then on the 25th. So a lot of information. Make sure you guys are subscribed to the Locked on NFL draft feed. We're going to try to get a, a bit of an update of where uh, the IU prospects are going to be and how many of them could potentially be drafted. Mike McFadden, Ty Freifogel, all those guys, Peyton Hendershot, uh, Leading up sometime in the next couple of weeks, we're going to try to do that, get a sense of if these guys will be drafted uh, in this year's NFL draft. Let's dive into the women's basketball season, and specifically Chloe Moore McNeils. As we said, it was a season where early on uh, she wasn't, she was in the rotation, but she was not, um, she didn't play a ton of minutes, I guess would be the best way to put it. Uh, For example, you look at that Kentucky game at the time, it was a top 15 Kentucky team, really, really big matchup, and she was only able to play 12 minutes. The Hoosiers 
in general only got 24 minutes between Kondra Brown and Chloe Moore McNeil. Um, barely 30 minutes in total from the bench in that game. That was really early in the season where depth was a really big issue for this team, but um, Chloe Moore McNeil was still trying to figure out her role, only played seven minutes in that game against Stanford in the Bahamas, uh, where the Hoosiers lose by three, only played 12 minutes against Miami. It was a feeling out process. If you look back, I think back to that NC State game where uh, she hit a couple threes, but it it felt like you had to kind of encourage her to take those shots, and they didn't feel kind of in the run of play. And NC State was comfortable leaving her open, but progressively as the season went along, and that NC State game in some ways kind of helped in this regard, uh, she was able to find her her role, find a rhythm within the team. It, it, I mean, when you're, when you have consistent minutes coming, it affords you the opportunity to kind of figure some things out. And that's what she was able to do. And then when Mackenzie Holmes goes down during the uh, kind of beginning of big 10 play, I still would say perhaps nobody stepped up as much as Chloe Moore McNeil did. And she went from someone who wasn't playing much at all to somebody who was playing huge minutes. You look back to that Purdue game, it goes to overtime. Uh, the Hoosiers were struggling with foul trouble. Keandra Brown was in foul trouble the whole game, uh, or a good chunk of it, and Chloe Moore McNeil steps up. Nicole Cardano hillary did not play that game. I believe she may have had COVID at the time or was in health and safety protocols. Chloe Moore McNeil steps up, plays 43 minutes in that contest, and those were important minutes because the Hoosiers come away with that victory kind of miraculously in Mackey and really seemed like she embraced that bigger role. If you look at the first 13 games of the season, she only played more than tw- or at least 20 minutes uh, three times, and then over the last 18 games of the season, including the tournament, it was 15 times. So she went from not having a real big role, even if it was a consistent one with the team, to just having a, a a really important role for this team. I would say in a lot of cases was the first player off the bench for this team in a lot of games down the stretch. And that is when she really started to get comfortable, really started to score. All of her double-digit scoring games came from that Purdue game on when the team did not have uh, Mackenzie Holmes, which she was able to help with some of that burden. You're not going to be able to replace Mackenzie Holmes' scoring with one person. A lot of people had to step up, and she was one of them. Uh, you look to the – I mean, in that Purdue game, she has a double-double with 10 rebounds as well. Stepped up in a lot of ways with this team. Uh, I know we kind of talk about those final three games of the regular season as low points, which they were but she was in double figures and scoring in all three of them and leads into the Big Ten tournament where I thought she really had a um, kind of coming out party of sorts. She stepped up in a big way. I would say, honestly, her biggest or best game of the season was the Ohio State game in the Big Ten tournament where uh, Alexa Goulbe is um, sick, unable to start. Chloe Moore McNeil kind of thrown into the starting lineup. And she goes out there, plays 38 minutes against the number one seeded uh, Ohio State Buckeyes, 
scores 11 points, uh, really looked aggressive, looked assertive, looked to score in a lot of opportunities. If I recall, a lot of those points came early on for her and really helped the Hoosiers get started fast. And they played in front for pretty much that whole game uh, against the Buckeyes. She played really, really well in that and then played at least 20 minutes in each of the NCAA tournament games. She became really just more comfortable and perhaps more confident is the biggest thing as the season went as, went along. Um, and those two kind of go hand in hand. As you get comfortable with your role, um, you're able to, to gain more confidence uh, when you have that success. You know where your minutes are going to be. Um, and she was able to flourish in, in a situation where the Hoosiers needed somebody to step up. Again, not to say she was the only one that did. Gulbe was massive. The three guards, Grace, Allie, and Nicole Cardano-Hillary were all huge. Um, Keandra Brown stepped up, but uh, I, I still contend nobody kind of took a bigger step forward in that period than Chloe Moore McNeil. And it bodes well. It boded well for the Hoosiers themselves this season. And it bodes well for the future because now Indiana has another player with a lot of experience this season. We kind of talked about that being, it was hard to talk about silver linings when your All-American is hurt, but uh, in the context of last season, we talked about getting these minutes for Chloe Moore McNeil was really big in uh, helping her or giving the Hoosiers um, a, another weapon when McKenzie Holmes gets back. And now when you look to this season, it's another player with um, with experience returning to the program now. And so it's going to be interesting to see uh, how she's able to build upon her game this summer and what she is able to bring to the table uh, on next season's team. And we'll look at what type of role she could have, whether it's starting, uh, perhaps she'll be the kind of the sixth person off the bench again. Uh, she's going to be a valuable piece of this team, and we'll look at why here in just one moment. So in kind of trying to figure out what type of role Chloe Moore McNeil would have this upcoming season, uh, I tried to do kind of a rough outline of what a depth chart for the Hoosiers is going to look like. Right now, I, I would pursue presume, excuse me, uh, the Hoosiers are probably going to start uh, Sarah Scalia, Grace Berger, Sydney Parrish, uh, Alyssa Geary, and Mackenzie Holmes. Uh, potentially, if Indiana wants to play smaller or maybe against certain matchups, you could swap in Chloe Moore McNeil for Geary, kind of play a four out, one in. Uh, could potentially work, but um, there's going to be a role for her, for Chloe on this team next season. Um, even if she doesn't start, she's so versatile that she's going to be the first person off the bench pretty much in any situation short of maybe Mackenzie Holmes getting in early foul trouble. Outside of that, she's going to be the first person off this bench. Um, for for example, one, one way is uh, Chloe is a good ball handler, and IU is going to be somewhat thin at point guard. Uh, they're going to need some freshmen to step up potentially to add some depth there. There's going to be probably more Grace Berger playing point guard. Um, perhaps Sydney Parrish plays it a little bit. Um, you have Alexis Bargasser uh, and Sandvik, who both are freshmen coming in. Caitlin Peterson returns as well. So 
Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the Hoosiers handle the point guard depth, but I would think Chloe's going to factor into that. She's a, a good ball handler, did it a little bit this season, and I could see her stepping up in that role, for example. She, this past season, was she wasn't necessarily one of the better three-point shooters when it comes to percentages for the Hoosiers, but she was someone that flashed an ability to knock down a three-pointer, hit 22 of them, fourth most on the team last year, but only hit them at a 31% clip. So uh, that's going to be one of the biggest ways for her to improve, to get more minutes. It helps that you're able to add Scalia and Parrish. So uh, take some of the pressure and the need for Chloe to knock down three-pointers off of her. But uh, I'm sure that's going to be one of the biggest areas for her to uh, look to continue to improve next season. Just continue gaining confidence overall. Uh, the more confident she became and comfortable last season, the the better she was. And again, I just think back to that Ohio State game where um, she was attacking closeouts and getting to the rim and just being aggressive. And you compare that to the NC State game maybe early in the season or, or some of those early season games where she seemed a little more tentative and a little more uncertain. And a lot of her offense was just spot up three-pointers as teams left her open, um, you kind of saw her evolve into someone who looked to score a little bit more often. I think back to something that um, Coach Morin said this season where in high school, Chloe was a scorer, you know, a really, really good one. And I'd love to see her embrace that a little bit more, build up some skill sets, whether it's improving three-point shooting, a mid-range jumper, maybe get it just getting better at getting to the rim and become more of a scoring option for this team because if you're able to have somebody come off the bench, bring a scoring punch, be a bit of a ball handler, have the versatility she does, I think she could realistically play anywhere from one through four. Um, if the Hoosiers are playing small, then uh, you're going to have a really, really dynamic weapon off the bench and a really, really valuable player. So of all the players, kind of the role players, the players that aren't, Grayson McKenzie, if I'm being honest, I think Chloe might be the one I'm most interested in seeing how she improves next season because um, she's going to have a big role with this team where, wherever it ends up being, whether as a starter, whether off the bench. She's just such a versatile player. She brings so many weapons to the Hoosiers that it's going to be interesting to see what she's able to do with an offseason of work, with the confidence gained this season, with head coach uh, Terry Morin her staff kind of leading the charge in, in player development. And we've seen what they've been able to do with all these Hoosiers in the past couple seasons. And hopefully Chloe is able to take a bit, another big step forward this offseason, become a, a really dynamic weapon for Indiana. Thanks again, guys, for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every single day. We'll be back tomorrow to go back to the men's side. Uh, we do men's preview or excuse me men's recaps on monday wednesday friday the women on tuesday and thursday we'll jump back to the men and race thompson who would be really awesome if he could just announce his decision and uh, give us a lot of content for tomorrow but either way we'll recap race Tom or race thompson's season and kind of talk about what the future holds with or without him tomorrow now for your second listen head on over to the locked on nfl draft podcast we mentioned it earlier Ryan Tracy and NFL former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker 
Bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you guys get podcasts. Appreciate the continued love and support. I know I say it all the time. I don't want it to ring hollow. I really, really do appreciate it. You guys have been amazing. Uh, If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube. Again, uh, leave a rating and review. Helps us out a ton. But most importantly, guys, have a terrific, terrific Tuesday in Elio.